Leah Hickman was studying journalism at Marshall University when she went missing in December of 2007. She hoped to one day be a TV news reporter. She loved to tell stories. But unfortunately, Leah's own story was cut short, and she never got to live that dream. We're here to talk about the tragically brief but seemingly happy life of 21-year-old Leah Hickman. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Leah was last seen in her apartment. She was in her kitchen, washing dishes, right next to her half-sister, Jessica Vickers. The sisters were adjusting to their new living arrangements and college schedules quite nicely. Leah had moved in with Jessica at the beginning of the school semester. They lived in an apartment building on 8th Avenue in Huntington, West Virginia. The building had four separate units, but only the girls' apartment and one other were occupied. Leah had also started working a new job at the local dress barn a woman's clothing department store, so things were really starting to come together. Jessica was heading out on the last night she saw Leah. She was planning on spending the night somewhere and let Leah know that she would be back in the morning. The two said their goodbyes and Jessica left. Leah logged into her MySpace account at some time that evening, according to her computer history, and then she called a friend of hers to say she was heading to McDonald's to grab a bite to eat, and that was the last time she was ever heard from. Jessica is asked to check on Leah by their mother after she's unable to get in touch with her. She stops by the apartment in the morning and finds Leah's keys, purse, wallet, and her car is still at the apartment, but no signs of Leah. She calls her sister's cell phone, but it just keeps going to voicemail. She calls other friends and family to see if anyone has heard from her. Then she takes to social media, posting on her MySpace page, Oh sister, where are you? By the next day, no one has located Leah, and now she's a no-call, no-show for her shift at work. Her father, Ron Hickman, is the one contacted by her store. He knew something was wrong immediately and rushed over to his daughter's apartment. They were still unable to find any clues of where Leah was, and everyone is now getting extremely worried. Sherry Russell, Leah's mother, files a missing persons report on the 16th with the Huntington Police Department. The dress barn where Leah worked heard about her missing and offered up a reward of $10,000 for information regarding her whereabouts. Now this may seem a little bit steep for a new employee, but she'd been working there five months and had made quite an impression on the staff. They said she was fun and extremely creative in her job. A search is launched for her starting in her apartment. There are teams of investigators and even dogs brought in, but no trace of Leah. It was confirmed that on the day she went missing, she did make a trip to the McDonald's just six minutes away. The receipt was marked for around 5.30 p.m. on the date of the 14th, but that was all we knew for days. Well, at least until December 21st. During a search of the apartment and in a conjoined laundry room, police discover the door to a crawl space under the building, which the hatch is removed. Leah's body is inside. An autopsy would find that her cause of death was strangulation, making Leah's case a homicide. 
Forensics did recover small amounts of DNA evidence at the scene, but it yielded nothing conclusive. Police started with all the building's other tenants, but there was only one other apartment building being used at the time. The man who was renting out the apartment was investigated and confirmed to have been out of town at the time Leah went missing. Police initially thought that because of the placement of Leah's body, the killer must have already known the building and was aware of the crawl space before the murder. They looked into the maintenance workers and handymen that had worked on the apartments as well as previous tenants, but to no avail. Unfortunately, there has never been a suspect in Leah's murder. But locally, the rumor mills abuzz with talk that the sister was somehow involved. Apparently, Jessica and her boyfriend had recently split, and people saw it as an easy motive to pin on. But there has never been any evidence to support that. I think the lack of evidence leads more to a random attack, but we still have no idea at this time. And Leah's cell phone has never been located. Though Leah's case has been cold for almost 15 years, it was launched into the spotlight again when an unknown vandal spray-painted Who Killed Leah Hickman? on the side of the apartment building she was found in. Police investigated the incident but say that they still don't know who could be responsible. Leah's employer, the Dress Barn, stepped forward and covered all funeral costs for the family. They were also closed for a few days in honor of her memory. The community was devastated by the attack and still shook on the fact that no suspect has ever been caught. But her dad says that he will not stop trying to find out who murdered his daughter. He keeps in touch with the Huntington investigators handling the case. But there has been little in the way of developments in the past 15 years. And they're hoping that if forensic technology improves in the near future, that there may be a possibility of learning something new with the DNA evidence. Or possibly, if someone knows something, they'll come forward and give her family closure. If you have any information on Leah Hickman's murder, please contact the Huntington Police Department's Criminal Investigation Bureau at 304-696-4420 or at the tip line 304-696-4444. Now, I want to apologize for the briefness of this case, of this episode. There is not much information on this case, which we run into from time to time on this show, which I've spoke on this on length. It doesn't mean that a case should not be covered because there's not enough minutes of entertainment. There's not enough minutes for you to get to work before the case is over, right? Um, and we try our best to bring you every angle from this case and every shred of evidence that we can find that is somewhat... Um, you know, beneficial to the case. We, we don't just go on Reddit. We don't just go on Facebook and take all these. Maybe it was them. Maybe it was them, whatever. Um, I, t I tend to not waste my time on things like that. So if, if it's not concrete evidence, if it's not sure facts that we know about this case, we most likely will leave them out of the episode. So obviously you could probably go on Leah's social media. You could go on Reddit and different things. And I'm sure there's people who have some very interesting theories um, throughout social media. But you have to be very careful <laughs> in using these in episodes, right? Even allegedly. But nonetheless, I want to give a thank you to Stephanie Kingsbury for, for this case suggestion. Um, it's very interesting case. Absolutely, Stephanie. I know it's, it's a local case to you in West Virginia. Um, and if you guys 
have any case suggestions, unsolved crimes, uh, stories of strange cults, mysterious disappearances, unexplained phenomena, you can send them to sandupodcast at gmail.com. That's S-A-N-D-U podcast at gmail.com. Okay, guys, and we take all of our suggestions and our cases very seriously. And as always, all of our sources, all of our links are below the description of this episode. All right. Well, that is the tragic and very brief case of Leah Hickman. Alright guys, there you go. Now we're moving on to the opinionated part of the show, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, I have my lovely wife and writer of Strange and Unexplained, Kristen, with Mm -hmm. me today. (laughs) And we're just going to kind of talk about what we think happened with this. I mean, there's not a lot to go on. This is another one of those frustrating ones. It kind of reminds me of the uh, uh, Blake Chapel case. Mm -hmm. Blake Chapel? Yeah. Um, There's just... It's a. It is very strange. Yeah. It's very strange in the way that the body is found, in the way that the person mm-hmm. disappears. Um, but it's just there's just nothing there. There's nope. just no. Everything is an absolute guess. It's like I hate these cases because I I always want to say I believe this happened because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's I believe that this was a random attack because, because. <laughs> I have nothing else to go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think someone was watching. Watching these girls, watching Leah, watching yeah. her sister, um, possibly both of them, yeah. waiting for one to be alone. Maybe they didn't matter, or maybe they had their sights set on Leah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's possible they followed her back from McDonald's. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. The McDonald's was like right there, so you know it was something. And they're both college kids, so you know it was somewhere they were often. Yeah. At the same time, it's probably, you know, late in the evening. Yep. And they were probably usually there together. So when she came in by herself, it may have been, you know, somebody's perfect opportunity. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. you never know, really, who's watching you on a day-to-day basis. No. You know? I and, think- the, yeah, the, uh, see, the other two apartments were empty. So mm-hmm. it's very possible that somebody was squatting. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, and that's it, why they knew where the crawl space was already. Yeah. It's Maybe also that's possible. Maybe got in and out. It's also possible that somebody was just using this laundry room to do their laundry. Mm-hmm. This was a, like a, not a public laundry room per se, but all four, um, all four apartments had access to it, mm-hmm. right? It was an outside door. Yeah. I don't know if it has an outside door, but it has like their door, their back door. They used to keep it like cracked into the laundry room. Okay. Why would they do that? I have no idea. It's a shared space and there's no one else in the building. I guess they were like, you know, we could just keep it open. Mm. Yeah, that's that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. I often think like, do I do things too consistently? You know, like <laughs> yeah. us as a household, do we go yep. to bed too early? Do we? Mm-hmm. I mean, Or do we go to bed at the same time every single night and like people know that once they see these certain lights go off or whatever, that mm-hmm. now we are 
I think we're so inconsistent, though. (laughs) Yeah, it's like in in a lot of ways, I I try to be sometimes. Sometimes I think, well, I'm not tired yet. I'm not going to bed yet. You know what I mean? I'm throwing off that person that's watching my house, that's scooping that shit out. (laughs) (laughs) It's just absolute paranoia brought on from studying too much true crime. It is. But it is something that I consider, and I think about that often in these cases where someone disappears or is killed, Mm -hmm. and I think, well, you know, did they have a routine? Did they have these certain... Mm-hmm. These certain things that they did every single day. Yeah. Could they be found at this place every single day? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Leah probably was starting to fall into somewhat of yep. a routine here. She exactly. just got her job. She liked her job. You know, um, her and her sister seemed like they had things figured out. Things worked out. She probably frequented that McDonald's often. Mm-hmm. You know, just being a young kid and grabbing food on the run. It's like it's the easiest thing to do. Like everybody does it. There is um, a lot of talk locally about the sister being involved in this. Like, there's a whole message board in forums and stuff where people absolutely believe that her and her boyfriend are behind this. Her and her boyfriend? Yes. Okay, What? What's the, what's the motive in that? Okay, right before Leah was killed, Jessica and her boyfriend split up. And supposedly, the boyfriend blamed Leah for the split up because Leah never liked him. Mm. Okay. Now this is all, like I said, okay. rumor mill forum stuff. Exactly. And so, I, and I spoke about that in the episode how we don't tip, we don't throw rumor mill shit in no. the, in the main part of the episode in, in the delivery, whatnot. Um, but in this part of the show, yeah, absolutely. We well, will talk about this because this is a big issue. But here's my thing. And I get it. Yes. That's absolutely the first place I would start the last person to see her. Right. That makes the most sense. But as far as I could tell, like with the police and everything, there was n- nothing, no evidence to indicate this. Like this is all just speculation from people on the internet yeah. that think they know someone else's life. Right. So, right. Like, as far as, like, finding any anything to back this up, there was just nothing. Right. Well, I mean, it is pretty common. You see this a lot where a sibling doesn't like a significant other for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And it, it does put a lot of strain on the relationship, especially since these sisters were so close. Yeah. They were close. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lived together. They did everything together. And... You know, it, that can seriously, that can cause a serious rift. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine every time the boyfriend was coming over, if Leah was, you know, giving him the side eye or yeah. making him look bad or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that shit, I could see how that could be a motive. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Now, I don't know so much if her sister would be involved. I, I don't know. Has her sister spoke about the incident? Has she been interviewed? Has she, is she helping the police? There, I could find very little period on this see, case. That's, that so. makes me think that her sister doesn't want to be involved. Right? Well, I mean, okay, her sister is trying to help find okay. whoever's responsible. She's cooperating 100%. Okay. Everyone in the family is. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just been there's just been nothing to point to her, though. Right. Like, she hasn't been inconsistent, inconsistent with her stories or, or what she said. It's, like, it's always stayed the same. Um, as far as her boyfriend, like... Some people say he wasn't even in town at the time, and then some people are like, "Oh, he's deployed. Like he's not even here." Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Like it's just there's just nothing to prove. Like even make me doubt. I right. don't know if she come out, if if it comes out that she is irresponsible. I mean, then that's it's to me it's going to be a huge shock. Yeah, because absolutely. I don't think that she did it. 
do I think it's possible? Absolutely, because Here's she's the, the last person to see her. She's the number but, one person, right? I don't know. I, I just think as a half-sister, unless, unless the boyfriend and Leah, this is totally speculation. I have no basis for this. Mm-hmm. But unless the boyfriend and Leah had something going on, or maybe mm-hmm. he was in love with Leah, that's the only reason I would see you know, offing your own sister. Like, why not just move somewhere else Mm -hmm. or tell her she has to leave? Yeah. Yeah. It was Jessica's apartment. It's not like she couldn't do that. Exactly. It's Jessica's apartment. Say, okay, so-and-so's moving in. My boyfriend's moving in, whatever. Uh, Leah, you got to go. You know, you got this long to go. Why not just do that? It did not seem, like I said, nothing seems to point to that. It seems like these girls were having, you know, a perfectly fine relationship like right. they weren't fighting they weren't spatting over you know, anything and, and a lot of probably like you said most of this is just local people that think they're close to the situation yeah. and when they're trying it, to put a name feels yeah, like. and they're trying to put a name and a face on this to relieve themselves of the stress of still living in that area with what could most likely be a random attack exactly Nobody wants to admit that. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to admit that Somebody, you know, these young girls can't even live alone yep. in this And place. it's like the fact that it is a random attack means that it's either, it's like a few things. It could be a drifter yeah. who just, you know, came through the area and she, like you said, just wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. Or it could be someone they know. If it's not the sister and she's not involved, then somebody randomly in this town mm-hmm. did it. And they're still here. Right. They're still responsible. Right. Living up under our no nose. No one's paid for it. Yeah. So, like, that's what that's what makes it so terrible. Was like, you don't know. You're like, oh, man, it could have been that guy. Could be the guy that bags your groceries. You don't know. Yeah. And could be the guy that checks her out at McDonald's every single scary. time. It's scary. Yeah. Yep. That's why people want to, like, they want a closed case. And that's, that's a problem a lot of times. But this one, it reminded me of, like, the West Memphis 3 attitude where... You know, it's kind of like, y'all already have this attitude about these people. Right. So, and that's what it felt like. Now, Some of them people in that thing knew, now, probably didn't like Jessica. Things <laughs> that take away from it being a random attack. Um, yes. Nothing was stolen, really, other than her cell phone. Nope. Then, the body was not sexually assaulted, nope. correct? So, she was just strangled mm-hmm. and then stored. Mm-hmm. See, that sounds like someone who wanted to get rid of her for a reason mm-hmm. because they did nothing with her. Yeah. And then if like if you wanted if like a serial killer they're doing something with that body. Like a, somebody who's willing to just kill somebody on a whim that's just random, they're doing something with that body. Most likely taking it with them for mm-hmm. a period of time or kidnapping her. They're not going to take her back to her freaking house. Yeah. Like you said that it could it's, have been somebody that just saw her like going into her apartment alone and it's like that's it. I'm, oh, I'm I just want to go strangle she, somebody today. Her. Yeah, I it's. Just, I mean, hey, it's possible. Uh, it is. Know. It is. But it's just highly unlikely with no assault or any type of, mm-hmm. uh, no other type of evidence. Yeah. The fact that she was just strangled and then stuffed in a cup like that makes you think that it was someone mm-hmm. close to her, someone yes. that was maybe in the area, someone that was just wanted to get rid of her. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> I hope we do. I hope more comes out about this. And it's just, it blows me away that in 2022, there's still people getting away with murders. Mm-hmm. God free. That's crazy. It just doesn't seem like 
if we give if we give any attention to a case, it just doesn't seem like that's possible with yeah. forensics and whatnot. And maybe they are holding some stuff close to the chest. Hopefully, well, they that have would be, DNA, but it's been a while. The problem is that the sample is so small. Of course, and that's always the fucking they issue. They have technology to test it, mm-hmm. but if they test it, that's the end of that DNA. Like it's gone. Right. And like the police chief said, if they tell me, if I give them the last of what I have and all they can tell me is, oh, it's a, you know, 30 year old male of Irish descent, blah, blah, blah. That's all they can give me. Yeah. I've just blown the whole case. Agreed. Because now I can't do anything else to prove this murder. Now, now you're in the process of just trying to narrow things down and cross-examine yep. and then hopefully and her dad narrow is, down and find it, somebody with a background, a criminal background or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Her dad wants a conviction. So he's, he's playing it very smart as far as not okay. taking, yeah, not putting too much out there and, you know, not trying to, to jump the gun with just handing over. I mean, he's trying to get the DNA handed over, but I can understand why the police won't hand this one over. Oh, absolutely. With the sample they have. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, hopefully someone comes forward and or they find they find something comparable or maybe if this is a random attack mm-hmm. and someone in the area, maybe they can't help themselves and they'll do that shit again. And unfortunately, I hope, I mean, hopefully they catch this person before someone else dies. Yeah. Um, but if it is a true random attack and someone that just has to kill, they're going to show their face again. Mm-hmm. They're going to show up and they're going to get them. Yeah. They're going to get them. All right. Well, guys, there's mine and Kristen's opinions on this strange case of Leah Hickman. So uh, I guess let's check in with Lauren in this week's Lauren's Synopsis. Let's see what he's got to say. We'll see you on the other side. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The murder of Leah Hickman, an 18-year-old college student from West Virginia who disappeared from her apartment on December 14th, 2007. Um, on this evening, um, her half-sister, whom with whom she shared the apartment with, was not home. She was with her boyfriend on this evening. Um, and this apartment building, apparently there was only other, one other occupied apartment in this building. Um, it was a young man who occupied this typically, but he was also not home. Now this was, you know, right leading up to the holidays, December 14th, Leah herself was about to head back to her parents' house for the holidays. This is, you know, an apartment building is probably typically occupied by college students. She was, um, attending, uh, Marshall University studying journalism at the time. She was in her junior year. And um, so, yeah, she was kind of alone at this apartment building on this evening and goes missing. And a week later, sadly, her body would be found in a crawl space, which was attached to the um, community laundry room for the apartment building. So it leads you to believe that whoever did this knew the layout of the building fairly well. Um, then that that's led speculators to, you know, cause this is still unsolved 14 years later. So this has led to a lot of speculation that this was a, not a, uh, a random attack, but a personal attack. Someone that knew her, knew the building. Um, and on this evening that she went missing, she had last been heard from, from her friend 
that she'd called telling her friend that she was going to McDonald's to eat dinner. It was either her friend or her mom. She'd called someone. Um, and also there was a receipt from the McDonald's proving that she'd been there in that evening. I think it was like seven something PM. She obviously made it back to the apartment building where whoever killed her, killed her on that evening and put her in that crawl space. Now there's been stuff that's come out, um, in regards to the owner of the building. Um, the owner of the building said that there was uh, maintenance being done to this building at the time, ongoing maintenance to faucets and whatnot. And, um, Leah's half sister with whom she shared the apartment with also said that oftentimes they would leave the back door, um, either open or unlocked when they were doing laundry. And so it's all too easy for, you know, perhaps a maintenance man working on the building, knew the layout of the building to see that Leah was home alone on this evening. If they were watching her and enter her apartment without having to break in, um, and, and, uh, you know, snatch her up. And the only thing that's a problem there is that when her body was found, it was found that she was strangled and that there was no sexual assault. So a lot of people say that, you know, like it likely wasn't, you know, some sexual predator that killed her, but that's not always true. You know, we've learned from true crime guys that sometimes killers, sexual predators, they, they don't always sexually assault their victims. They, they, sometimes the power is achieved from them and the gratification is achieved for them from the killing itself from the strangling act. And that's enough for them. Or maybe they, they masturbate nearby. We saw with BTK, his first victims, I think they were the Otero family. Um, like the, the young girl that he, uh, hung in the basement. Um, he masturbated nearby. He didn't sexually assault her. Like that's, that's a possibility, um, that, uh, gratification was reached without the actual, uh, molestation or rape of, of Leah. So I don't rule that out. I think it's more likely than, you know, like her half sister having something to do with it. Um, and I, I think it's clearly someone that knew the layout of the building. Could it have been the, uh, you know, someone who formerly lived at the building, knew the building well, and was still stalking the area. Could it have been the, the other person that lived in the apartment building, typically friend or something like that. That's also possible, but I think the police know it sounds as though, you know, the, the original owner of the building, it's since been sold, but the original owner of the building, um, knows something, um, and it has been kind of sworn to silence. Uh, I think that maybe this is the maintenance person at the time, um, who had possibly done this. The police know, maybe know that, and they're withholding information because they don't have enough to take this person to arrest them and, and, uh, indict them and, and put them to trial. So, I don't know what they're waiting for. I think they've tried to test some DNA. There was like mitochondrial DNA. There was like a hair that was left at the scene. Um, I'm not sure that the DNA was enough to get a match. So I think they're just, they're missing some link to get closure on this case, to get a conviction. I think they have a pretty good idea of who did this. I think it may be the maintenance person in the building at the time or someone along those lines. I don't think it was some random person walking by and I don't think that Leah's half-sister had anything to do with it. So that's my thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next time. All right, all right. Lauren, thank you very much for that synopsis as always. And again, a big thank you to listener and Patreon member Stephanie Kingsbury uh, for this suggestion. Patreon members always come first when it comes to suggestions because, guys, you support this podcast. You're the wheels of this podcast. We appreciate that very much. Um, If you missed us last week or missed the regular Strange and Unexplained episode, it's because we did Sandu Stories. 
on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. And every Monday you get a bonus show called Strange Shorts that I do with my buddy Andy. There are, every fourth Strange Shorts is available here on the free platform. So that's why they're skipped. If some of you may be scrolling through the catalog going, what the hell, this dude can't fucking count? He skips like every fourth? No, it's because the other three in the middle are on Patreon. Uh, again, at patreon.com slash Podcast for just three bucks a month, you guys can get access to that Strange Shorts um, new release every single Monday. And basically, me and Andy keep you up to date on uh, new, strange, and just abnormal things in the crime world, as well as uh, technology, robotics, uh, just weird things that happen in the news. It's kind of like our own little, uh, if, you, if you're familiar with Last Podcast on the Left, they do a show called Side Stories. It's very similar to that, I would say, <clears throat> where we just try to stay current in the world of true crime, because it's so, it's, ever-evolving. There's always something new on the horizon. So we we sometimes we find cases that we dig a little deeper in through Strange Shorts. So you might be a good introduction to some of these weird and off-the-wall cases. Um, and then also at the $5 tier, we have Sandu Stories, which in my opinion, it's my pride and joy here at Strange and Unexplained. And in True Crime Guys Productions, I love Sandu Stories so much. Uh, basically, Sandu Stories is a true crime what-if where we tell a completely original tale, um, fictionalized, fan fiction, if you will, um, based around a real case or a real instance in history. Um, like, for instance, this chapter 13 that we just released this past week is very loosely based on the serial killer John Edward Robinson, who was the slave master. True crime, we did an episode, um, about him on True Crime Guys if recently, if you'd like to check that out. I believe it's episode 160 or 161, somewhere around there. But it's called The Slave Master. That's the true story of John Edward Robinson. And with and in Sandu Stories, we kind of... We changed the names a little bit, and then we also made uh, old John get what he deserves in the end, which was pretty exciting. Uh, we have different voice actors, we have special effects, we have sound effects, we have immersive audio... Um, it's just imagine ASMR meets true crime meets an audiobook with actors and everything. That's Sandu Stories. And that's every single month. Towards it's usually about the last week of the month, I think Sandu Stories comes out. But you'll know it happened because here on the free platform we'll release the whatever strange shorts aligns with that week. I hope that's just so confusing for you. Yeah, I hope it is. Because <laughs> it sounds like it. And I even know what's going on. But guys, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you uh, rating the show, leaving a review, uh, sharing anything about the show on social media. You can also give us a follow at SNU Podcast, where I do my best to put up weekly posts and um, just trying to stay up to date and constant with the, all the content that we're releasing. I try to let everybody know about it. But the best way to know about this stuff is just to be subscribed so your podcast app will notify you anytime new episodes come out and if you're listening on spotify it's come to my attention that a lot of people aren't aware of this you can now rate your favorite podcast on spotify Uh, it has a rate button now so that does help the show it helps the show get noticed it helps the show get on um promos and stuff through spotify true crime charts and the like so we appreciate any way that you're helping strange and unexplained and guys uh you know, we'll see you next week for a new strange and unexplained case. This time we're going to Africa. So, 
Remember, guys, be strange. Just don't be strangers. We'll see you then. You hush your mouth, boy.